Welcome to the History and Music Podcast. This is Scott Gifford, and I'm joined by Sean and Scott Fishbook, um, or Fishbook. Uh, he just told us how to pronounce it. Um, anyway, we're here currently atop uh, Slave Hill in ancient Ireland, um, where tribal feuds still run hot and Christianity is still young. I'm excited to uh, to get to know our guest of honor, Scott. But, f- but first, Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I've said my Loricas and I have on the holy armor of God. I am ready for this nice. episode. Awesome. You've done your preparation. Good. I've done my prep. I read all the books of Paul, actually, all the epistles of Paul <laughs> in preparation for this episode. Awesome. <laughs> How was your day, though? Have you been since we last recorded? It's been a, a little while. It has. Um, it's been like a week. Technically, I think um, all of this episode may air first and then the next one. But anyway, no, I've been good. Um, been uh, it's not quite as hot outside. It's cooling down a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Been listening to uh, a lot of music lately. Um, yeah, that's that's a, I don't know. I don't have a lot going on in my life. I guess. What, what I, are you What are you listening to? Um, what's the guy's name? Is it Zach Bryan? He had a new song come out recently that he did as like a collaboration with the Lumineers, which I know is kind of hipster music and kind of mainstream, but it was pretty good. Um, and that um, that led me to Tyler Childers. So I've been listening to a lot of Tyler Childers recently. Mm. Interesting. That's a little change of pace. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, it's not pop punk. So, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> it's still it speaks to me. Nice. Um, well, I've. uh I've been sick. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but uh, we uh, we recently bought a uh, a camper trailer and we went on a trip this weekend. And the last day of it, I got all sick, so I had to I got to hook it all up to the truck and everything in the rain, and I was sick and it sucked. But I'm starting to get better, so I'm feeling better. Um, but I do kind of have a, a lower voice now. It's honestly, it's perfect for podcasting. And in oh. my opinion, Scott, you're always sick, man. <laughs> nice, thank you. Um, all right. Now that we've gotten through ours, Scott, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. It's, uh, it's been a busy, intense week, but you know, it, it, I, I knew that talking about this song would put me in a good headspace prior to this weekend. I'll be running this like mental health men's retreat. So it made sense to do it. So yeah, I'm excited to a cool song it's it's a great song yeah i I was i was really surprised based on based on your original your original submission it's it's comparatively contrast yeah Uh big time um yeah i'm excited 
Uh, it's really cool though. The I, I've been hearing a lot about your your retreat you're putting together. This is the inaugural one, right? So you're yeah. Uh, this is the pilot. Yeah, that that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I guess we can give you a little bit of time to pitch it a little bit, or or if you want to, uh, let us know what it's. Well, well I, I mean, I could tell you briefly what it's about. I mean, obviously, like we've got account people accounted for. We we bought all the food and got the airbnb it's a pretty awesome location it's uh so whitefish is a destination ski destination so in the off season they have nice airbnbs that you can pick up and uh so we got ours and uh so we have one we're going to be doing visualization exercises associated with outdoor activities so we'll give prompts and then we'll have discussions and workshops and then we'll go out and then we'll do things that will, you know, bring awareness to what we talked about. So if we talk about pushing through pain, then we're going to do a hike and then we can actually use the thing that we just learned about. And then we can have these visual representations and physical representations of what we're talking about. And then obviously we have varying levels of athleticism and skill. And so, you know, the expectation is that you just, push yourself not that you you know become like some crazy athlete in the weekend and then yeah you understand the, the constraints that you have as a person you understand yourself right so i do typology so i'll sit down and listen to someone talk for a little bit and then i'll you know put out a personality type uh, with pretty high accuracy like there's a whole system to it and and then that can explain why um, certain ways you interact make sense and some things are difficult and challenging. And so you get essentially a, a self-awareness from it. Um, obviously, a personality type isn't all-encompassing, but it's a good start. Mm -hmm. And then we, we use that as a platform to engage with other people there and sort of learn, oh, this is how you see it? I don't see it at all that way. Like uh, Temple Grandin, a woman with autism, was discussing how she sees in pictures. If you don't have a conversation with someone, you may not realize there are people that only think in pictures. Right? right. And so those are the type of conversations that we're having is like, you don't know how you feel. You know how other people feel. That's crazy. I know how I feel all the time. And actually, I, you have to tell me, like, I would never be able to know how you're feeling unless you told me. So there are these sensitivities that we get to talk about and bring awareness to. And then so it's, yeah, it's awareness, cohesion, and then tenacity. It's like bringing it all together and taking it with you. So that's, awesome. so that's the idea. Is this, yeah. is this the, is this the Jungian thing, Carl Jung, right? Yeah. So, so okay. that's a piece that that's a, that's an important piece. And then we've kind of mixed in some, some other things that are helpful. Cool, man. And you said you're up in Whitefish in Montana, right? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah yeah yeah, it's a good yeah place. um um scott actually was on uh brett kane's podcast the the iron ironside podcast ironside podcast yeah um, shout out so and he he explains a lot of the the um personality typology stuff there so um so yeah you can go listen to that and, and i think also on the exit podcast yeah some yeah. of the earlier episodes Honestly, the the very so first off, if you want to get real deep and granular, then the, the Bennett podcast is good. But I really think that probably one of the clearest episodes that we laid it out was on Brett Brett's. Um, it was really good. 
And then we did one on The Legend of Zelda and like archetypal mm-hmm. um, like hero's journey type things. It was a really cool like if you just want a really interesting conversation, that one was that one was a lot of fun. Just like the concept of taking something that seems mundane and imbuing it with like purpose, like making the hamburger the most delicious hamburger. And then you can then because that was your passion and interest, the the hamburger, now you can go franchise as five guys or something like that. So it begins with these these obsessions about playing the spoons or playing the flute. Uh, and that's how a lot of, you know, music pops up is like they were obsessed. It needed to sound exactly right. It needed to deliver the words. It needed to be a vessel for the, the lyrics perfectly or it needed you needed to feel this feeling in your chest and they, it had to be just right. Right. And so that's I think that's why music hits so hits so differently is because everyone has these obsessions and and sometimes yeah some some songs just hit different like uh i was i was at uh i was eating dinner and uh uh whoa black betty if you guys ever heard that song oh yeah it just slaps so and good. it's like and it's wild and weird and if you've ever seen that music video cheap like it's like they their grandma had a camera and it's all <laughs> yeah. and it's this skinny white guy with this weird shirt on he's making all these faces just like just feeling it and it, and then he's got this rasp in his voice and the guitar wow like there's so much life i don't know so those kind of songs where it's just like um whatever it is is, is a masterpiece right like it's not a symphony it's like like you know sometimes it's a steak dinner but sometimes, man, that gumbo is delicious, right? I'd say, I'd say, Black Betty's more like a delicious gumbo. Dude, that's that's that southern, southern, yeah, southern stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. That's awesome. That's, that's cool, a man. Good comparison. Yeah. So, uh, Scott Fishbuck, since we have two Scots on the podcast, we basically know you from Exit, um, but just for folks that listen into this show later, can you give us like a brief rundown of just who you are and where you come from? Sure. So um, born in Calgary, Alberta, uh, my parents crossed the border, to get free healthcare, moved down to Texas, dad was an engineer. And so naturalized American in 96 with the Clinton amnesty, said the Pledge of Allegiance, taught my dad how to say it. We both said it the same day signed it away. I'm pretty sure I could get dual citizenship if I wanted, but I don't have it. Uh, I, let's see, ancestry, since we're going to get historical, uh, <laughs> when Catherine the Great offered land, there's a group of Germans that migrated in, took over the farms. That's, that's my ancestry. So these Germans that migrate to Russia. So we've got German and Russian, right? Im- immigrants to Russia from Germany. And then my mom's side is British. So so we got that. Uh, and then, you know, mostly raised in Texas. There was a little stint in Singapore for three years. Uh, went to Brigham Young University. Served a Mormon mission. Learned Spanish. Uh, so so got all that hymnal knowledge, you know, singing and such. And then... Uh, music wise, when I was younger, probably 11 or 12, it wasn't really kosher for 
I probably maybe Kosher's Jewish, but it wasn't cool or acceptable, generally speaking, to be listening to heavy metal. But that's kind of what I started listening to when it's like nine or ten. And so I did. Well, first Lincoln Park, and you would argue that that's not metal. And I got into I kind of got stuck on System of a Down. I was definitely my favorite. Absolutely. hundred percent. And then there's a handful of other ones, you know, Metallica was in and out. Mm-hmm. Like Slipknot had a couple songs that I liked, like, uh, like Wait and Bleed. And um, yeah, so n- none of these like jive <laughs> with, with being born. And so everyone was real surprised when they got a hold of my my CDs, uh, which which of course is how I listened to music at the time. MP3s weren't around. Yeah. And uh, well, well uh, and- we kind of mentioned, just to cut you off a bit, we mentioned that your original song was was far afield from from the one that we're doing today and it was a yeah. it was a, a system of a down song yeah it was um like yeah. about the armenian genocide and stuff so so you could have had the, that since episode, they are armenian maybe future yeah yeah um yeah so so i like i like metal i like pounding intense and what i like about system of the down is like the anguish and intensity and fury and then like i can kind of vent some of the stuff that I'm navigating, it's easier than having to articulate and explain everything that's going on. I can just sort of like, um, I don't know. So it's not quite like being a vessel, but it's like you were a piece of the performance. Um, and I know not everyone experiences that when they listen to music, but like uh, I kind of take on the, um, the, emotions of the of the singer and usually what i like is like really intense stuff so so when i listen to music it'll be uh uh you know hard style electric electronica was into that for like five or six years like just that pounding stuff and then um yeah usually just really intense kind of repetitive i like crystal clear drums you know double bass it's nice so, so you so so far you've described your music the way you've described your music is is the the actual music part um do, do lyrics ever pull you in because this, this podcast is kind of focused on lyrics um do, do they ever pull you in uh basically are you a music cell or a lyric cell <laughs> oh music cell definitely but it's not like lyrics don't matter um mm-hmm. But but lyrics are an accompaniment to the music and not the other way around for me. Uh, the uh, like I don't know I just I just have a really strong physical experience relating to the tonality and the 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 complexity and the like the just the like the the nonverbal components so. Mm-hmm. So if 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 a singer hits a crazy note and you can feel that rawness in the note, I'll pick up on that. And it matters less. Like it's more about the way that it's sung than the words that are sung. Like you can feel the authenticity of the of the pain or or the beauty or the rapture wrapped up in the lyric and it's pushed out. And that's kind of what I was talking about with Pam Balam, like you can tell whatever that thing is, he's feeling it. It's it's coming <laughs> straight out of that skinny guy's like wild like voice. Um so so I like I like listening to the 
like the there's this woman that plays the clarinet and there's this raspy growl in a clarinet that I'd never heard. Hmm. And it's um the house on New Orleans. And it's, hmm. there, so so it's like it's like emotion, but within the realm of tone and uh and movement. Uh and and the lyrics, yeah, they accompany it. So so uh, uh the, the music's what speaks to you. Yeah, but and but it's not the lyric. It's not that the lyrics don't matter, and sometimes they do. My my favorite thing about this one in particular is the lyrics. I love the lyrics. Mm-hmm. The lyrics flow in this beautiful way, like, and they 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 they're 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 deep and old, and 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 clean and strong, and um, like if you hear the song, it's there's the way they connect to each other feels like poetry well said well since you kind of teased it there a little bit scott uh the the song we're discussing today is a a traditional irish hymn which is called in english be thou my vision um do you want to kind of walk walk us through i guess maybe how you happened upon this hymn and maybe why you picked it for for today's show yeah yeah so so again some Sometimes there's something that's just sunk into my chest and I can't really articulate it. But I remember going to church this, at this other church and they've got a band, this whole deal. And I'm not super into the hand raising thing, but it's one of the hand raising churches. And uh, and so they're doing the whole deal. And I just hear this song and like, you know, I'm kind of like shell shocked. I'll disconnect like if things are too intense. But like I just start crying listening to this song. I'm like, and so I don't know what's what's happening. It's just it's like this this sonic journey. And um, you know, like if there were a day where I do the the hand raise and the the, the little <laughs> the little Christian deal, that that would have been it. But I was this would have been your like, song that you like witnessed to or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because I could feel it. Whatever they're trying to put out with the the like like. I assume the authentic expression of that would have been how I was feeling, but I'm just like trying to hold in all of this, um, all this emotion, like some, some dam got broken after 12 years of whatever. And it's just this flood. And, uh, and so it was a really intense experience. And obviously, you know, that happened once I, I didn't experience it repeatedly, but the song itself is, is meaningful. Um, Hmm. like it, it it makes me feel peaceful so so um there is it's an interesting song um and it has a lot of historical context around mm-hmm. it um yeah not not a whole lot of like history in the lyrics there is there's history in the lyrics a little bit but um what uh so w- when you when you sent it over you were talking about so some of the Irish history and stuff. So did you like go and study that after you had this experience? Like what was, uh, what's, have um, you? Did, I, well, yeah. first I listened to probably a couple hundred times. Oh. Like just kind of on repeat. Uh, just kind of, you know how when you're little and you watch the same cartoon over and over and over again, like oh, you're yeah. like, what is this? Um, and you just kind of absorb it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I did that. And then, um, and then 
I didn't I didn't think too I think too much all the time. So that's that's part probably part of the reason why lyrics aren't my favorite thing to focus on because I'm always thinking about stuff and thinking too much and hyper analytical. So the nice thing for me about music is that I can take it at like this this um like core level or bass level, like mm -hmm. primal even. Yeah, it and, sounds like uh, you can like just like while you listen to music, turn your turn your personality upside down and, and not be the analytical guy anymore. Yeah. 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 And that's that's a relief. or as my wife as my wife says, turn your brain off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I get that. Mm -hmm. I get that. Yeah. Although this is uh when you hear the lyrics, the, it's it's erudite and sophisticated and smooth. Again, it, it feels like like poetry. And then uh, if you read even um, the old Irish, like you, you may not know what it's saying, but you can tell that it rhymes because the syllables and things like I, I like. And, and so that's what they did it for was this prayer before they go into battle with like their little wooden shields and, and hand hatchets and little harrowing tools, just brutal stuff. Mm hmm going into these these battles and and this was like the 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 prayer of protection so that when they when they die the the you know the like ripping and like the very visceral kind of thing that happens in that kind of combat then then they go to the place that they intended to uh, and and so it's I don't know. So, so, you know, I could say, well, that's the reason it spoke to me, but you know, it's, it's, it's hard to know exactly. All I know is that it did. Hmm. You were, it was, you were, uh, it's like a blood memory. You were, you were preparing for war at that moment and you didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It wouldn't be interesting if we went back far enough and like, like my I had Celtic ancestors or something, you know, the, the German, uh, ragers were probably, kind of adjacent mentally to the to the um to the irish irish mm -hmm. yeah i wouldn't yeah. be surprised tribal warrior people i mean that's yeah that's, you know, there's probably some commonalities there yeah that's cool yeah so the um the song in english is called be thou my vision or in irish i'm going to butcher this is probably i think it's rop to mobile or bailey something like that um, yeah. and, and it, it's, we don't like a lot of these, like if, these really, really old traditional songs. We don't know exactly when it was written, but it's estimated that it's from either the sixth century. Sometimes people say it's attributed to the eighth century, but it's definitely from Ireland. And the, the words to the hymn, um, were, was, are attributed to this Irish poet, um, this guy named St. Dallin or Dallin, um, who, was an Irish saint that lived, um, again, no one even knows like when the guy was born or when he died, but roughly from the mid 500s to roughly the mid 600s, somewhere in that range. Right. And this is one of his more famous or well-known uh, poems that he wrote. Because um, this guy was this, this St. Dallin, I think it's pronounced Dallon or something like that, but St. Dallin, um, he was... I actually didn't even know this until I uh, studied for this podcast, but um, apparently in pre pre English domination, Ireland, pre, you know, back when they were actually Irish people speaking Irish, um, the, the, the Kings of Ireland, uh, 
would have a uh like a like a high poet or like a you know head poet for the for the nation for the for the people and that's what this saint dallin was and so he was supposedly this great a poet of some renown um you know in 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 you know early early medieval ireland and this is one of his poems that he wrote um and like you said it's th this poem in particular it wasn't i don't think it was put to music until later but the poem itself is what's known as a lorica just L-O-R-I-C-A, Lorica. And a Lorica, like you were saying, Scott Fishbuck, um, is it's it's almost like a song or a chant or a poem you recite before you're going to do something, typically go into battle, for protection. And the reason for that is because Lorica is actually, I believe it's a Latin word that re references body armor. And so that's the whole idea is, oh, you're putting on like, I mean, I was joking earlier, putting on the armor of God, but but that's what these people believe they were doing is you, you recite this poem that's, that's you know, calling to God or maybe some other deity for, for help. And you're basically saying or doing your lorica, you're putting on your, your holy armor before you, before you go into battle against whoever the Romans or whoever it is, you know? Um, and uh, so that, that's kind of how this, this hymn started was, was through that. Um, and it wasn't until this actually, this hymn wasn't actually even translated into English until like a hundred years ago. I think, um, I think I was reading that the, the first person that, that translated it was this Irish, uh, like scholar lady. And she translated it into English in 1905 was the first time it had been translated before that it was only an Irish or old Irish, um, going back for, you know, a thousand years or whatever, 1200 years, um, but that's kind of like the, I guess the, the background to this, this hymn. Um, but something I thought was interesting, and I don't know if you guys um, had knew, knew this or saw this when you were reading for this, but apparently St. Saint, Saint Dallin, that wasn't his real name. His real name was something very Irish that I will have a hard time pronouncing and I won't make a fool of myself, so I won't try. But um, Dallin is an Irish word that means blind one or little blind one. And the, the reason they call him that is because supposedly he was he was born with his sight, but he later went blind. And if the legend is, is to be believed, no one knows if this is true, but supposedly he went blind from studying so hard or studying so much that he lost his eyesight. And um and so it, it's it's it kind of adds a different context or different meaning that this song is called Be Thou My Vision, and it's written by a blind man. Mm -hmm. mm. Interesting. Um, so I had uh, a, another little bit about this, and I'm not sure how much truth there is behind it. Again, there's there, it's it's old enough that there's a lot of legends and stuff about mm -hmm. about the song. Um, but I, I I would it was it was actually a YouTube video, but this guy um, is saying that this uh, Saint Dallin, uh, a big inspiration behind the lyrics was actually. Um, a little known Irish saint named St. Patrick. <laughs> um, and uh, apparently uh, a, a big part of St. Patrick was uh, um, when he was a kid, he, he's actually Scottish, I guess. Um, and he was, uh, he was kidnapped by, by uh, pirates and sold into slavery into Ireland um, where he eventually escaped, but then had a dream that he needed to go do missionary work in where he saw an, an Irish man telling him to come, uh, 
to come uh, teach Christianity in, in Ireland. So he did. He went back. Um, and uh, the the story goes that um, the, the king in Ireland, um, he was, I think he was pagan, and they were celebrating a pagan holiday, which happened to be during Easter, which traditionally they would they would light candles and stuff during Easter. Um, so the Christians weren't able to to uh, perform their their rites or their like their ceremonies because because of this pagan holiday that required no no uh, fires. Um, but um, Saint Patrick decided to climb to the top of a, this tower on slave hill and um and light a giant fire on top of the tower um in defiance of the pagan king and the pagan king actually thought that was pretty based and awesome and said good job keep keep doing what you're doing um you have conviction and so he was super successful missionary started like 300 churches whatever but um and now and now we celebrate his his death i think in on in march so um uh yeah he uh so i think the be that my vision was uh in part due to the to the story of of the of him lighting his uh the the big fire on top of the bonfire the bonfire in in defiance of a of the king that required he didn't so that's kind of a fun little story yeah i'd buy that but again it's this is this is what is fifteen hundred years ago? I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah, anybody, and that that story, I mean? <laughs> like Saint Patrick, was like third century, so it's yeah. like even further back. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. But but the guy is is a um, he's kind of venerated by the Roman Catholic Church, and I think most likely the Orthodox Church as well. And so basically, he's a Catholic. Um, and so this is this is I think traditionally a Catholic hymn. Although as Scott Fishbuck was saying, um, you know, I think other churches have kind of picked it up because. You know, if you got a good hymn, you know, churches don't mind sharing. Yeah. 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 And, and Scott, um, th- this one, it's interesting. There's so many ways to, to go, like so many branches to study off of on this. So I'm kind of wondering, I'm kind of interested in, in what, uh, what you had in mind or what you were, uh, yeah. Uh, talk about. Well, I think what, what's special to me is just like the, like, so I say I'm not a lyrics person, but this song is all the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is a lyric song. So so it's sort of like, um, again, it, one, it, it's hitting me the way the other music does, but it's also hitting me in a way that very much zeroes in on the lyrics. And I think in this, there's this element of, like, submission. And, right, if you allow someone to be your vision, like cover your eyes like walk blindfolded be thou my vision like that's surrender that's submission and sometimes life just gets so wild so wild and seeing through the you know the jungle of what's going on um and so so i think for me just and the fact that you have that metaphor and then you also have this battle metaphor and both of those and then you have this um sort of entanglement with um other things like so so not zeroing in on the present but the transcendent and so you see 
there, yeah, there's so many accesses to, to, um, to divinity. Um, it's protective, it's transcendent, it's, uh, clarifying, it's, it separates you from greed, it separates you from, it brings you joy. There's, and then there's this element of submission. There's, uh, so again, I, I, like, it just, it hits on a lot of levels. And then also, there's the God outside of you, and then there's the God within you. So God in me dwelling. So there's all these spaces in which you you consider what God represents and how he engages with you and how you engage with him. And and it's multifaceted. It's not just the fight. It's also, um, you know, like and then and then it's commitment. Right. So whatever befall, still me, my vision, a ruler of all. So so it's like. And if everything goes bad, you, you're still mine. And so there's this, there's so many touch points to these really cool concepts. There really and, are. Um, yeah. So, so I think we should get into the lyrics. Um, that's typically what we do is, is, uh, is read through lyrics and talk about line by line. So before we start, um, I want you all to close your eyes and envision yourself pre-battle. So it's like if you if you saw the Northman that movie like right before they go in the battle when they're going in berserker mode, but instead of like going crazy around a fire, we're gonna sing this song. See what kind of headspace this will put you in. If it's if it's like a battle type headspace, I think it's it's almost a dichotomy. It's kind of cool. I want to. Well, and I think so. The, be I thinking think the, about battle while we're uh, while yeah, we're and and I, I like I like that thought, Scott. But I think. I don't know if this was a song per se that they would sing as more of like a chant or, you know, because they're Catholics and, and as we know, Catholics like their memorized verses that they repeat, you know, for protection and help and that kind of thing. Um, so I'm wondering if it's almost like saying like how today we'd say like the Lord's prayer, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, I need some extra help before I go fight the Scots or fight this rival clan or whatever. So let me chant this real quick, you know, and I don't know. It makes me wonder what, what kind of uh like would they even have a beat or a tune to this or they would just all kind of recite it you yeah know what I, mean? I, I don't know what whatever yeah. it is um Channel it's probably well, not, it, given yeah. that the irish are known for their shanties and their chants like <laughs> i suspect there would have been a rhythm of some kind and i bet there would probably have been a drum like if i'm envisioning what scott's sort of projecting it would be like this this high the small high drum this and then and then sort of a disorganized chanting where it's not all completely on but you're saying the whole thing because this is your song and then like your heart like if you're about to possibly it it's just charged with yeah you're you're literally you're literally and uh, mentally putting on armor right you're putting on the armor of God, and you're putting on your literal armor, actual um, armor. Yeah, okay, I actually uh, thought I actually thought of that scene in Lord of the Rings where the charge of the Rohirrim uh, before Minas Tirith. That's that's actually the scene I thought where dude. where uh, Theoden is giving. Like, right yeah, exactly. Yeah. Today. Yep, yep, exactly. That's that's kind of what I was. the horse and the rider? Yep, yeah, that was that was that was the image in my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's if uh, if I'm honest, I'm kind of thinking of like. It, it's not no and first off it's all subjective right so Rohirrim that's super cool um what I was thinking was like 
grass huts and they're in these like ripped up kilts and then they're they're kind of sweaty and they've got like peat moss soot and then they're just ready to go like and it's night for some reason and then in the in the sort of dusky like flickering firelight they're hitting that drum and then they're sort of they're chanting together but it's like you know like in, in the same way a children's choir everyone's just a little bit off mm-hmm. but it's men and they're all and they're all doing it um and and yeah if you've ever yeah you it's it's pretty difficult to reproduce that level of um emotional intensity when um like our society is so protective of us like unless we are in the middle of i don't know some maybe when you skydive or something but even then that's not as visceral as like hand to hand. I'm just thinking that this would have just been seared into your mind forever. Like the emotional intensity of about to go possibly lose your, give your life. We'll say, uh, and like, I, anyways, well, well, I don't it, want to get too lost in that, but, but that's, that's something that's pretty difficult. I, I would argue nearly impossible to, to create in that type of scenario where like um they Dostoevsky um he was going to get so so the, the famous uh, Russian writer mm-hmm. he uh he he was going to get killed they had him they had him lined up and then and then uh, a bell rang and they just left and they just left and so all of that moment, he was ready, and then, oh, you just nope, you're good, and then, and then he writes his crazy books. Um, and I'm not saying, that, but, but when you know that, and then Viktor Frankl's talking about these people meeting in the Nazi prison camps without eating the food. They're 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 not eating the food, so they can go talk about economics, or they can give a sermon if they're Christian, or they can talk about. And and so there's something about that life on the line uh, thing that's difficult. Yeah, like how can you? I don't know. It's it's etched. It's etched in you. It's it's uh, when everything falls away, the things that remain. Uh, and like yeah, so there's something. Be- be- I don't know what the right word is here, but well, well, powerful, think, majestic. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's hard for us to imagine because war has changed so much. Like modern war is so impersonal. Uh, you talked about hand-to-hand combat. That's like we've we've definitely gone away from that. Um, and then uh, and then the reasons behind war. Like, like these guys, it, it was like they were going to war. Like their it was like their tribe, the people that they lived with. Like like their Dunbar number, right? Was going to they were going to war with them. Um, and they were all of the same belief, very homogenous. Um, they they all chanted this thing and believed the same thing, and they all had the same reason for going to war and knew exactly what. Um, I, I, it's like something that's almost unimaginable now, as far as like warfare. Well, it's like I a guess lost it, art. It, it, it well, and honestly, like kind of the closest thing you can get to it is like gang warfare, almost right. It's like. It's like mobs, that type of thing. Like that, they're they're going to they're essentially going to violent battle 
with with their brothers like like not their literal brothers sometimes but like their their uh tribe right and so it, it's it's interesting yeah. yeah well it's it's a it's a collect it's a collective human experience that existed for thousands of years and basically with the invention of firearms has kind of disappeared yeah yeah now yeah. now honestly it's like football right it's like mm-hmm. like, like and the, you'll the see same fo- thing you'll yeah. see the you'll see a football team they have their chance sometimes they'll get yep. together and pray before a game like it's it's like i think that's the closest maybe. yeah or like or like rugby like the all blacks new zealand yeah. do a haka, they do a haka mm-hmm. before they yeah. go out and it's like that's literally a war chant mm-hmm. you know that, that now they do before a sports game but it's a similar similar sort of uh feel to it i guess and the fans get riled up they feel like they're in a war but they're not mm-hmm. um so it's like it's a weird thing well one, yeah. one, one last thing before we get the lyrics i wanted to point out is the the song um the song the, the version of the song uh scott f that you uh, had pointed out to us or had had suggested was um the version by audrey Assad. and so i think that's the one that that you played uh scott gifford in the beginning Correct. Um, is the Audrey Assad version. So just in case anyone's looking for there's there's if you look at this song, there's a billion there's of it everywhere. There's a million of them. Yeah. But the the one, I think the one that we might be referencing for our lyrics and the one that you heard in the beginning is by Audrey Assad. It's from her album Inheritance and it's from 2016. Um she is uh she was actually raised Protestant, but she's Catholic and um she has basically she does like worship music and Christian type music. And this is just a song. She did her own sort of version of this song. So yeah and and the one that was really impactful was generic so the one that where i'm like like breaking down with bunches of people around (laughs) me and i'm just like huddling like just like getting deluged by this intense emotional experience um it was very innocuous it was just like it was not it was not her version, which has this interesting intro, and um, it, yeah, it was it was the simple one. Uh, so, so for me, the song itself, irrespective of like the 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 packaging that Audrey does, which is nice, uh, is is in like the the vitamin deliveries, like however you want to the 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 saltine cracker version was the <laughs> one that knocked me on my butt yeah 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 and, and so, some of these songs like like she does a good job um but but some of these like especially hymns it's uh more impactful as a as like a choir or chorus or something like that but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um all right enough preamble um because mm. we're like an hour in i'm just kidding <laughs> um no, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's start off with the lyrics. Uh, Sean, do you want to start off this time? Sure. Uh, so this is um, verse one from the Audrey Assad version. Right. Be, be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Very poetic. Yeah. I want to point out, this was written in Old Irish, and someone translated this into English, and I think they did a pretty... I don't don't actually know what it says word for word in the Old Irish, because, I mean, no one speaks Old Irish anymore, but 
I, I still think this is very poetic and like the, the rhyme scheme, it, it, all of it fits. So I think this English translation is very well done. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if it's the same rhyme scheme or if they like how much they had to fudge. Yeah. I don't know. Cause Irish is a very weird language. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was very beautiful. Um, it, it paints a picture. Um, there, there's some uh, language in there that it takes a couple times reading through to to maybe understand exactly what it's getting at. Yeah, like um, that sec- that second line. Yeah, not yeah. not be not be all else to me, save that thou art. Just the way that it's said. Yeah, mm-hmm. explain that to me. What is that? Like, I'm, I'm my mind is in kind of a pretzel right now. Oh, so I so first off, you know, this is my interpretation of okay. Um, so it's just it's just simple. Be nothing but the fact that you are. That's all I need for you to be is mm. that you are. Complete acceptance. And that is the thing that you desire. Is so 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 yep. you know, and, and what do we crave all the time? It's like complete acceptance. How many guys are just like you know, in, in just walking in and just being completely accepted. So that's what you're providing to God because you're so like, and then, and then it, and then it details why as, as the, as the song progresses. Um, but, and then I like the way it's said, like it's, uh, and I like the, the oldness to it and then mm-hmm. the, the flow and, and then, yeah. Something yeah, it's de- it's definitely ancientness. yeah, it's definitely a King James version of English, <laughs> you know, which which yeah. which obviously we have no problem. We're we're official King James uh, KJV users on this on this podcast. <laughs> um, so that's an interesting take, Scott, because uh, the way the way that I read that second line is nothing else matters but the Lord, you Lord, you know, the God, basically, like every nothing else matters. Like you're my vision. Just knowing that that you are the creator of the universe and that you you're watching over me is all that matters to me. Everything else is not, you know, is but for not, if you will. Ooh, um, other yeah. other other than knowing that that thou art, that, that you exist. So knowing that you exist, God, everything else is irrelevant. It's kind of how I that that was like my first impression Ooh. on that second line there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then, and then... The, the next couple are, are a little more straightforward. Um mm-hmm. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light. But what's interesting is it personifies the thought as him. Like thou, my well, not necessarily, right? But mm-hmm. thou my best thought, like you're my best thought. The best thought that I could possibly have is is you. And so there's this movement of of who he is and what he represents throughout the song and that doesn't change his character but it just these are the facets in which you were able to connect right so he's this thing that you put on he's this thing that you think about he's this thing that just exists and you're grateful there's there's all these dimensions that and then and then it just keeps going like the um, omnipresence the omnipresence of god yeah 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 scott like, do you want do you want to keep on the keep on going uh, verse two yeah yeah um be thou my wisdom and thou my true word i ever with thee and thou with me lord 
thou my great father, I thy true son, thou in me dwelling, and I with thee one. Okay, now now this sounds a little bit more like um like prepping for something a little bit like all right um you're going to be with me um you're my father i'm your son uh, you're dwelling with me and uh we're going to be one like it, it's it sounds like more like preparing right yeah yeah like like it's um you're connecting you're mm -hmm. you're reestablishing your the relationship so it says i'm glad you're there this is the and then and then it's like you're my father uh, and then so so it's it's him generating this sort of um like patriarchal lineage like um so so again it's just more connections right it's mm -hmm. it's more ways to uh and then and then he's inside of you so first he's in your thought and then he's in you like within you corporally um or corporeally pretty sure uh and so and so you know i suppose this might represent more of a trinitarian notion to have god dwell within you mm -hmm. uh to literally do that uh would be like the spiritual component where god is spirit um and then yeah it it points towards i think I think that's what's so intellectually exciting is it just points in all these in all these directions. Um, I think that that was um, that was something I was thinking about as well is is because this is written by a Catholic guy, right? So it's so it's kind of colored yeah. with with the Catholic theology, which yeah. fi it's fine, right? It doesn't no, no problem there. But you brought up a Trinitarian thing because the entire song is is talking to god god the father or some version of that it never mentions christ it never mentions like a holy spirit or anything like that so mm -hmm. um but if you're considering all of them as one then it makes it makes a lot more sense um but one thing and, and all of us should be able to hopefully relate to this but in our church a lot of times everyone has had a lesson in, on sunday sometime about um, talking about the different names of Christ or the different titles for Christ or the different titles for God or the different names for God. Right. And usually someone will make a list like, okay, what's all the different, you know, titles we have for Christ. Oh, son of God, the lamb, you know, the, the Holy one of Israel, all these things. And so what I what was kind of calling out to me, just in these, these couple of verses we've read so far, and also just my prior reading of it is I have two big versions of the lyrics in front of me. I have what I believe is the original English translation. Mm -hmm. And then I have one on just some web, like lyrics website and the original English translation one has different words capitalized. And as we know in English, that mean that means something, right? So like, for example, in the first verse where it says um, the third line, thou my best thought by day or by night, the word thought is capitalized, meaning hmm. he's talking about deity. And that is a title that he is giving to God. And I had never, yeah. I had never, that's a new one for me. And I, and I, um, like you were saying, uh, Scott F, um, is that, that God can, can dwell with us in whatever way you interpret that. I, 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 that, that, that speaks to me and I like that. Um, and then going right along the, the next verse that you just read, be thou my wisdom, wisdom is capitalized and word, you know, it says, and thou my true word. And, and we know that like that, that is directly biblical where it's referring to God or Jesus as, as the word. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's from the book of Ephesians, I believe. Um, 
So anyways, that, those are just a couple of things we're calling out to me is, is he's kind of giving these different titles to God that I had not considered in my own theology. And it's and like you said, it's showing the different ways that God can sort of dwell with us or around us or above us or whatever, you, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I just, I thought that was really, uh, really, really, again, really well done. Clearly this guy had a gift and clearly the person translating it had a gift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the next verse gets into military, like, right. like the, the and fight. Yeah. And it's funny you bring that up because the Audrey Assad version doesn't talk about that. It actually skips that one, I think. It does. Yeah. yeah. The, the third verse. And um, the, the note I have here, um, this is this is actually, I, I saw this on just recently on Wikipedia. So take this for with a grain of salt. But it says that the English Methodist version that came around in like the early 60s, omits that third verse talking about the war and all that kind of stuff yeah because how so, could you yeah. yeah yeah so but uh but yeah so um are, are you gonna did you were you setting yourself up to read that scott the third verse oh no no go for it i like this i like this handoff no let's, okay let's no, keep no. Rolling. yeah so yeah. i already read one you already read one wait do we all is it back to me no i haven't read well one i think okay, okay. scott yep. scott g um yeah i don't have I, I don't have that third one about the war up but i kind of want to read that yeah. Oh, so, well, okay. Well, I'll read it. Yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Be thou my battle shield. And then shield is capitalized, mm -hmm. right? Nice. Sword capitalized for the fight. Be thou my dignity, thou my delight. Thou my soul shelter, thou my high tower. Raise thou me heavenward, O power of my power. So this is about like strength and protection and um, and and with the sword, the ability to um lay low like you know all, all the all the things that come with fighting mm -hmm. in uh in, and in this case you you could represent this as literal warfare and you're fighting a nefarious evil foe that represents perhaps a warring clan uh, or you could look at it as spiritual warfare where you were battling the demonic forces represented by the people espousing sinful like broken ideology things that poison and harm and, and you're protecting with, with um, God's shield and, and, and sword. It's basically fighting as anything that's not of God, which like you said, could be anything ranging from sin to clan McDonough or whatever over on the, the farm yeah. next door. You know what I mean? Like whatever, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Those guys. Yeah. So God doesn't uh, like them. Right. Yeah. Cause well, God's with us. Right. <laughs> yeah. so obviously it can't be with them he's with us um so i guess if you're fighting pagans that probably that probably that probably checks off that, that probably like checks out a little bit more for these guys yeah, <laughs> this, yeah. this is christians yeah. I, i've been because i've been reading this is totally off topic but i've been reading the iliad with my kids or like a kid's version of it um and uh based and yeah um and we've been it's it leans heavily into how the gods like shape the battle and and all this stuff and how yeah and and so it really pisses my kids off it's kind of funny it's like why do they keep doing this <laughs> like he was gonna <laughs> win and then he and then he gave achilles the the well, anyway um, well that was that was the whole idea that's why the greeks part of the reason they created those gods is the idea was oh the gods are humans just like us they have like anger mm -hmm. and jealousy and whatever yeah. just like a man does and so yeah. like that's why apollo did this or you know yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's really interesting that like the the battle behind the battle like the gods are kind of battling yeah. and anyway um and so that that's that, that's kind of bringing up a little bit of that where 
um but obviously this is uh monotheistic and and not and not like anyway this is the tr- is the true gospel mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. um so you're pointing this out as you're reading it scott f i'm just gonna call you guys by your first initial last of your last name because there's both scots in here but um yeah f and g yeah exactly so f and g yep so same thing so this one he's giving some additional titles to god right so be thou my battle shield shield is capitalized referring Mm -hmm. to the lord sword for the fight sword is capitalized be thou my dignity dignity is capitalized thou my delight delight is capitalized thou my soul's shelter shelter is capitalized thou my high tower tower is capitalized um, and, and then also, uh, rise thou me heavenward. O power of my power powers capitalized. So here we have like just a whole slew of new names for deity. Um, and so, whereas the, 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 the song started with, you know, okay, Lord be my vision. Nothing else matters, but you, I've got you in my mind. I know that you're taking care of things. You're my, you're the source of my wisdom. You're the source of, of you know all true words you know be with me i'll be with you the very next line is okay prepare for battle and lord you're my sword you're my shield you're my tower where i can see an enemy coming from afar off or a tower that would protect me from my enemy um and you provide the power that i need to defend myself attack my enemies whatever so again just a very visual yeah and and you mentioned power being capitalized but just the first reference to power, not not my well, power. Only the first, right. The first one is this because yeah, it says, oh, power, my power. Generate, yeah, the source, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the sun to your solar. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's... Yeah. All right. But that's that's um, the third. That's the, that's the omitted third verse. But then verse three, which is really verse four, I guess, Scott G, that's, that's yeah. you, right? I'll go for it. Yeah. Uh, riches I heed not, nor vain empty praise. Thou mine inheritance now and always. Thou and thou only first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure thou art. Yeah. Uh, so, so each kind of has a theme, right? And, and it, you know, it take a little bit to, but, but this is more about like money. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more about value. This is more about so we have inheritance, we have um, the the concept of firstborn, um, that riches, and so there's this concept of what is value, what is, uh, yeah. Well, so, that's so what I get. I, 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 I see like a an escalation. Like you talk about the um the in each verse, uh, there's a theme. The first one is talking about all internal stuff. Like you're my vision, you're my heart. I'm like literally like that that's like inside your body. The next one is um you're my wisdom and then it gets into you're my father. Um and so it it like one step removed from you. The next one is you're my power, you're my you're like you're my battle armor power. And then now this one, you're my king. Um and so it's the next I think the next escalation um from from inside me to to outside me father to um i guess the my uh the uh commander in battle or something maybe to my king well and it's yeah. not just not just your king but also it's almost like a not i want to say a source of income but it's basically how i'm gonna live you know because it says that you, you're the high king of heaven my treasure it's capitalized thou mm-hmm. art and so he's like look 
I don't, I don't need money. I don't need, you know, man's empty praise. All I need is the inheritance that comes from you, Lord. You're my treasure. You're my king. You know, you're first in my heart. Um, like I don't, I don't need money or the praise of the world. Yeah. And, and all of this, it's singing about a state. It's a state of being one with God. It's a state that we are not in all too often. And, uh, and so having the, this multiplicity of touch points reminds you that there are many ways in which to engage with the divine in this protective way, in this personal way, in this oversight, in this, in this cutting and, and all of them are good and holy and just, and any of them can connect you back to the, to the source of your, of virtue, power, uh, and and so on and so it's just like all of these roads lead 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 to me and so or or you could say all of these are extensions out from me to you like when i'm aligned with god and then and then i guess if we're following uh scott's uh now it's the most separated it's the most uh because we talk about heaven um and then it returns to the beginning phrase that the start. So it's this, it's wrapped together, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's this repeated uh, verse. So we, so it's um, high king of heaven, my victory won. May I reach heaven's joys. So, so it's this separation that's beyond. And because it's, it's this hopeful thing, it's this, it's this movement to, to a future space. Uh, and then and then the end, and then the end, it's this return to the beginning. The last two lines are a return to the to the 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 the, the initial stanza. Uh so heart of my own heart, whatever befall. Um, and again, this is sort of like power of my power, right? So heart. Mm -hmm. So so there's this big heart, and then there's your little heart. There's this big power and there's your little power. Mm -hmm. And then so and then he's the father and you're the son. And and there's there's these these um you know he's the king and and yeah so so it's it's interesting and and that that's not the only dynamic at play right it also you he'll say you're a shelter so you're a physical object that protects me so it's not always relation um yeah and then at the end it cycles right back to the beginning yeah uh, I I think that yeah. the last abstraction or the last uh, escalation is going from king to heaven's bright sun um yeah. did we although we didn't read the last verse yet did we yeah we officially yeah, we, yeah sorry officially. i just talked about it yeah. no it's okay spoiler alert <laughs> yeah Bad. yeah um do you want do you want to go ahead and just like just read read the the last verse there scott f real quick yeah sure yeah high king of heaven my victory won may i reach heaven's joys O bright heaven's sun Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. Nice. Yeah, the only two times it says, um, be thou my vision or refers to that is the very first line and the very last line, which is very, I think it's kind of cool. But so yeah, it's cool. Um, it's like this escalation, like like that, that that's kind of what I'm latching onto right now. Is it starts as my vision, um, escalation, and then it ends as my vision. So it's like it's like a like that sandwich 
between like maybe at the beginning it's it's down it's upon you and it's upon the your your body and then at the end it's pointed towards the towards the sun but they're both yeah 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 one vision is capitalized again here so it's obviously god but um what's Mm -hmm. what i wanted to point out too is was that when the second line says may i reach heaven's joys oh bright heaven's sun and sun is capitalized but it's s-u-n not s-o-n yeah right yeah exactly yeah trinitarians um but heart of my own heart whatever befall still be my vision oh ruler of all just a real good fitting end verse to that that song there and that that was awesome i uh i I haven't dissected a a hymn like that i don't know like that's kind of cool yeah i think we'll do if you go ahead of coal up next (laughs) that'll that'll get some depth that'll be some hot takes yeah (laughs) This yeah, this one, uh, Scott. I'm glad. Like you were mentioning how there's how there's so many you call them touch points, and there's so many like uh, themes and and things. I didn't realize until we until we got into it. Um, that's kind of how my brain works. Is I can't. It, it's, it's hard for me to come up with these things uh, independently. It's like talking through it like this. This has been mm. pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, one, this is the only fun fact I really have. Actually, no, I'll probably have two fun facts. But the one I thought was interesting on this one is at the at the bottom of the Wikipedia article about it, it has the name of this hymn in all, all these other languages. And I don't speak any of them except for one and a half. Um, but it's interesting, like sometimes just how the names change. And this makes me wonder what the actual um, Irish words for this hymn are actually mean if it actually does mean be thou my vision or something else um but i noticed that the portuguese one is dono do meu coração is is what that is and it, that's basically translates to lord of my heart or owner of my heart or something hmm. of that nature and the spanish one is odios semi vision or odios de mi alma semi vision which basically means, oh God, be my vision, or oh God of my soul, be my vision. So a little closer to the actual English one, but the Portuguese one is just literally means Lord of my heart, <laughs> um, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and I I think that's kind of cool because it's like, um, you know how uh, every every country has like a curry recipe right like if it's a good dish it'll have lots of flavors like it's a it's a meaty song with like a good a good heart so it it gets picked up in a lot of different ways from a lot of different cultures totally um yeah well i was hoping i was hoping uh sean you'd be able to tell us what it says in japanese Oh no, I don't. Unfortunately, I serve my mission in Brazil, so Portuguese I can I can get through, and Portuguese is close to Spanish, so I can kind of, you know, get through that. Yeah. Any other language, yeah. especially if it's an Asiatic language, I am useless. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with those tonal <laughs> languages. It's tough. Yeah, well, tonal and also uh, characters—they're <laughs> not letters. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but so one um, one thing I was gonna—I I, kind of thought about mentioning this during the preamble, but I didn't. Um, but so this, this song, like I said, as far as we know, never actually set to a tune that we know of until, um, you know, if, if what I'm looking at is correct until about like the early 1900s, 1919 is what it says is when they mm-hmm. first put it to music, but the music they put it to is also a traditional Irish folk tune that's called slain 
or slana, I think if it's Irish. Um, and, and typically with, with traditional folk songs, sometimes the tune is just named after the town or the city or the place where the tune was sort of came up with where it was invented. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's basically thought that um, Slana or Slane, this, this little tiny Irish town um, that that's where this St. Dallin passed by and, and wrote this, you know, is, is, is in that town. Yeah. Uh, Cause you can go there now. The town is still around. It has like 1200 people and there's a bunch of old monasteries there. Supposedly this guy set up a church there, um, mm-hmm. but it's in, um, it's in the northern part of Ireland, but not Northern Ireland. Got it. Um, so, that's uh, important. Yeah. Yeah, um, anyway. yeah, yeah. That's. Um, I I had read that they that the the music that they put the lyrics to had, had that that they they were somehow connected um, mm-hmm. in the history. Yeah, um, and apparently that tune is used for several other hymns, none that we would know at our church. I don't think. Um, but apparently it's a fairly famous tune as well. And so that's why when you hear it, it's like, oh, that sounds kind of familiar. Well, yeah, you probably heard it some other church before with different words or something. So um, I had I actually have a question. Um in, in one of the translations that I'm seeing on on uh Wikipedia, he mentions King of the Seven Heavens. I saw that too. And I What's thought that, that about? Is that like a mystical thing? Is that like a it's almost like a I don't know. What is that? So I, I looked it up. Uh, the set the seven heavens and it's 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 actually based on this um tv show they had in the early 2000s about this family <laughs> where the dad was, was the pastor no i'm kidding um oh, well. it's, not, it's not based on the, the thing heaven. written in 1905 is based off of a 2000s yeah <laughs> like, they were, yeah they had christian spinoff <laughs> inspiration but apparently <laughs> the, the seven heavens um, is there certain Christian churches that believe there's basically different levels to heaven and above the earth, essentially. And so you get to the first heaven and you kind of progress through these different heavens. And the very last one, the seventh heaven, is where God lives, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. if you are. That it, makes it, sense. Yeah. So if you believe in LDS theology, you're like, hey, some of that checks out. And and one of the examples it gives is that that scripture in First Corinthians where it talks about Paul saying he knew a man in Christ or whatever that that was caught away into the third heaven. Mm-hmm. And so some people believe that Paul's talking about himself because sometimes he does that, um, you know, in, in the third person, but uh, supposedly that's kind of showing that like a lot of early churches and, and still to this day, some Christian traditions and also uh, like Muslim and, and other types of uh, religious beliefs believe in basically different levels of, of heavens. Well, isn't it also believed that there's different layers of hell? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Well, if you play D and D, there's nine hells. Oh. But yeah. Well, but yes, well, there you I, go. I, I, and that, and yeah. that's canon, as far as I know. So. Yeah. So I mean, it, it would it would make sense, especially if if you believe this idea of eternal progression, then progressing, yeah. you know, up or down, would would make it, it kind of fits with that. And 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 then they use seven as like you know infinite or continuous seven seventy times seven seven. Mm-hmm. So, so it could be a numerology thing that just means right. infinite. But one uh-huh. thing I, I was wondering is because th- there was a connection to maybe um, like seven planets, kind of like uh, Roman worship of the planets, you know. I saw that um, too. And so I, I was wondering when, uh, when did, how long before this did like Rome make contact with, with Britain? Like, is this, would they still, would they be pretty 
in would they be in contact with with that type well, of uh thought because he so he he this guy was born saint down was born approximately 560 ad mm-hmm. and i'm wondering did the um i need to look it up now when did the when did the western roman, roman empire fall it may have already been gone at this point and this was just mm-hmm. basically tribal peoples i mean there were some romans around you know but there was no established state but 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 that but that kind of paganism was was around and yeah and, and potentially could be the um, referencing the right, and, the and I wonder, I wonder if it's one of those things where I mean, one of the one of the um, apocryphal stories of of Saint Patrick is the way he taught the native Irish pagans about the Trinity is he had a three leaf clover. Look, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost—they're all the same, right? So mm-hmm. that that's so. I wonder if it's something similar to that because supposedly the seven heavens can also refer to um, how God is God over all the heavens. And what they're referring to is the planets that you could see in the sky anciently that they knew were planets. Mm -hmm. um, And and because they were always present. And those were, those were namely like the moon, Mercury, Venus, the sun, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, anything. The the ancients knew that these were planets or knew they were always constant in the sky. And it wasn't something like a comet or a meteor that would kind of go come and go at random. Um, and so I think that was the other idea was um, that that God is God, not over just the earth, but these seven other heavens, these other planets, other celestial bodies that are up there. He's mm-hmm. God over all of them. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> cool. so, um, yeah. yeah. I, um, I, one last parting thought for me about uh, St. Saint, Saint Dallin or Dallin Forgale, or his Irish name, Yochaid Makkala, or something like that. Um, so he died approximately 640 AD, and I, I guess he's roughly in his 70s or 80s, I'm assuming by this point, probably his 80s. Um, but the way that he died, uh, supposedly, is um, pirates were a big issue at this time in all of um northwestern europe um like like the barbary corsairs barbary pirates like that's kind of that they've been doing this for a long long time and so what they would do is they'd go do these raids on these little coastal towns carry people off into slavery kill a few people take some slaves take some loot and some booty or whatever and so and around 640 um this guy saint down was actually visiting a friend of his in a different monastery in a in a city or in a town in, in ireland called Inishkill or Inishkeel, excuse me Inishkeel. And while he was visiting his friend in this monastery, these pirates came and raided this little town and killed him, literally cut his head off, apparently. And uh, supposedly, God reattached his head to his body after he was martyred. And it was like a miracle at the time. And he's actually buried on Enishkeel. And the friend that he was visiting at the time was later buried in the same exact grave uh, later on. So that was, that was his, his ending. Um, one other thing I just thought of, I remembered, I'm sorry, is so he wrote this hymn, supposedly he had his vision, he lost it from studying too intensely or whatever. And so he wrote this hymn when he was, when he was uh, blind, but he later said that when he, when he first recited this poem or wrote it or whatever, that it gave him his vision back. Hmm. And, and supposedly it was kind of known that this, this hymn, if you say it with conviction, could heal you of certain things like being blind, for example. Well, it's kind of cool. It's all about orienting. Yeah. Um, 
I can't speak to the healing properties, but then you can heal in so many ways. You can heal spiritually, you can heal emotionally, you can heal like some broken, like unforgiveness, some hatred, some sloth. And then you're pointed to God in a, a billion ways throughout the song. And any one of which would be useful to you should you choose to, you know, embrace it in some capacity. And so, you know, I, I don't think it's too far fetched. Obviously, when people talk about healing, they talk about it and like it cured leprosy or it made me not have cancer. But it's not obvious to me that that's the way that God always intends to heal you. Um, it's more, I don't know. It's more of like a tapestry kind of thing, and you're a thread in it. Like, um, like it's not. Sometimes the thread is short, sometimes it's long, but in the end, we're all woven together in this sort of grand cosmic thing. And I don't know. And then you know, beneath it all, like how much can you see, anyways? I I don't know. So there's so many visual metaphors, and yeah. So for someone who likes complexity, this is probably one of the only songs where I'm really all about how cool the this is probably my favorite. Yeah, because I don't really care about the lyrics in almost any other song. So I also like how great thou art. Uh, but but this one as well. That's um, my grandpa's favorite hymn. His name was actually awesome. Art. And so that was his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, I think I feel like the 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 being healed by the song, it, it kind of lends some um interesting thoughts towards your your original experience to to it scott it's kind of a personal level but i think there's definitely some some through lines there um i get yeah i guess to to end you've been talking about it this whole time but maybe you can put towards um why do you think um so, so you told us why you chose this song but why do you think it should be broadly known and be broadcast on a podcast like what why uh why should people listen to this song um well i was thinking we, we we talk about cool music or loud music or like awesome music or like i don't know i just think that this song is is the medicine we need and not maybe the medicine we want uh and uh and i'm certainly guilty of that like <laughs> listen to Slipknot two days ago. Like I'm listening to some heavy intense stuff. Um but I know that this makes me feel better. I know that if I listen to this and attend to it the way it's likely meant to be intended, that the the effects cascade into interact. So so again, yeah. Um, you know, with all the divisiveness and horror and wildness. You know, having something that's orienting, concise, explains place, position, um, lets you know that you're protected, lets you know that you're connected, lets you know where you're headed, lets you know who to trust, and why to trust them, and and so on. It's I think it's it's yeah, it's it's just a really um, it's 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 necessary, or it's it's I don't know, it's it's sort of an antidote. Or, it, I, I don't know. I, you, I can't it, think of the perfect word here, but it can it can help you adjust your vision, if you will. Yeah, in 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 a yeah, way to, to that doesn't that really suck. Matter. Yeah, 
in a way that yeah it's definitely and, and i think that, that's another, god 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 mm-hmm. looks for voluntary ships right so so um it's easy to lean into the you know the the pounding intense electronic music that's not hard for me to do i have to make a choice to listen to something like this i have to be intentional and i have to say that this is then maybe i'm gonna lack that like that visceral push when i'm lifting weights or something and and then i'll miss that but then but then that's a sacrifice that's something that i'm giving giving up or at least um I don't know. There's there's dimensions by which to experience God that I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm making this bigger than it is, but it was it was impactful and it was pretty big. So nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like that. I, I like that. It It's it's something that, yeah, it's very intentional. I think faith and belief is is in many ways a choice and intentional and something that uh, and um, yeah, that makes sense. Well, cool. Um Let's wrap up then. I think this was great. Thanks, Scott, for giving us your yeah. time on a busy week um, before your yeah. big weekend. Um, yeah. All be- best of luck for this weekend. Hopefully, there's many yeah. more to come. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I know that you were kind of talking about um, your your the retreat that you're doing. But if if anyone listening to this wants to connect with you or find you somewhere, like or or you know where where do you have, you want to plug some social media or or way to contact you or something website or yeah yeah sure Um, yeah so so right now uh the retreat website's up um we're we're building out the uh the corporate one for the corporate offering uh yeah it's a tools.com and then you know you can interact me with it's it's pretty vague it's mostly it's not really it, it wouldn't inform the viewer as to like what i do necessarily but you certainly could get in contact with me through that website so tools did you with say scott. Tool, tools with scott.com yeah cool well okay. we'll link it yeah i'll put that in the show notes as well <laughs> um do you have any social media that if people want to follow you and kind of watch your journey and your work or or is, is that website probably the, the best way um for now that's the best way and then um pretty soon we'll, we'll have it updated with um with something designed more for uh for something attractive to, to businesses. So it's going to have uh, testimonials and info about processes and so on. I understand that's not exactly what we're doing here tonight, but, um, but yeah, I almost something feel you're like exci- you're, oh, something you're excited I about. almost feel guilty plugging my business. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. We, we, yeah. we, I, I literally yeah, set right you up for that. So it's, it's on about me. Not caring about the riches of man. I'm like, Go to my website. <laughs> no, no. You, you gave us an hour and a half of your time. This is uh, it's it's for you to to plug. It's the least you could do. <laughs> well, I, yes, I I asked I asked you point blank. Hey, do you have anything you want to sell to us? <laughs> no, don't don't feel bad, man. You're fine. So cool. All right. All right. Well, hey, Scott. Well, good to see you guys. Scott yeah. Fish. You know your name in German means fish book, right? Did you know yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I do. <laughs> Is there a story? Is there a story behind that? Um, I imagine uh, the stories that we have about my family are pretty crazy, okay. like guys on U-boats and uh, people cutting their hands to get wolves to like just wild Siberian intense survival kind of stuff. But nothing that wow. says why our name is Fish Book. Interesting, um, but but sound sounds very Germanic, so it, it checks out. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. <laughs> so cool, man. Well, hey, Scott, it was awesome to meet you, man, officially and, and have you on the show. And um, I know you suggested two songs for this for this show, and we went with this one. So maybe next time we can have you back on and we can do the um, the system of a down song. If, yeah, if the really angry, cool. aggressive one. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Sounds good. Yeah, good to see you guys. Inside Scott, there are two wolves. you're gonna make me feel bad (laughs) okay (laughs) see you scotty you guys have a good night okay and we'll have the song play us out Be that